That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If you're a long-time listener, thank you for supporting us. Always good to have you back. Got a great show planned for you today. Now, September is National Recovery Month. And uh, man, our guest today is, uh, is somebody who I've been waiting to have on the show for a while. So really excited to get him on here. And we'll intro him in just a minute. But I got a quick question for you first. How many times have you looked for a good, healthy, non-alcoholic drink alternative? I know I've done many podcasts about it. We've had different discussions on the show about it. Uh, One of my go-tos has been soda water and cranberry. You know, that's one of my favorites. But what if I told you there was a USDA organic certified sparkling Herba Mate beverage that comes in low and zero calorie options, um, 16 ounce cans. They're packed with 160 milligrams of organic caffeine. Let me tell you, they're really good. I've drinking them many times. I got some great news for you. There is. It's called Clean Cause. They're a former sponsor of ours. You may have heard of them in some of the past TSG episodes. Um, Not only are they good, here's my favorite part. Clean Cause donates 50% of all of its profits. Not 5%, not 10, not 20, 50% to sober living scholarships. Um, So it's one of my favorite things about the company itself. That's why we've continued to support them. Um, And then here, check this out for today. Uh, The Clean Cause team has given us a 30% discount for all of our TSG listeners uh, on orders of Clean Cause drinks. So make sure you stick around at the end of the podcast today. I'll drop that promo code for you so you can get the 30% off uh, your order at Clean Cause. And so you might be thinking like, well, you know, Shane, why are you talking about Clean Cause right off the bat today? Let me tell you why. We have the founder of Clean Cause here today. His name is Wes Hurt. Uh, Wes is the father of two boys. He's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, He's got a killer mustache. I can't wait for you to see. Uh, He's a person in recovery uh, from alcohol and drug addiction. He's based out of Austin, Texas. And uh, check this out. Clean Cause has granted over 2,170 sober living scholarships, representing more than a million and 85,000 dollars. So just amazing things they're doing over there. Great product. We're going to get to West. We're going to hear some of his story, hear a little bit about clean cause and more. Uh, but before we do that, be sure to check us out at that sober um, You can follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. And then I'd love for you to join us on the locals sober guy community. It's kind of like Instagram meets Patreon. You can help support us there. Uh, you can be part of a growing sober community that's safe. It'll help you stay accountable. You'll have some fun in the process. Uh, I'd love to have you join right now. You can download the locals app, or you can go to that sober guy podcast.locals.com. Both those links are in the show notes. And of course, everything we talk about today will be in the show notes. So it's easy access for you uh, to find. So uh, without further ado, let's get to my buddy, Wes Hurt. Wes, you're out in Austin, Texas, from Cali to Texas and Texas to Cali. Good to have you on the podcast today, man. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, more than that amazing uh, introduction, the most, my, my favorite part of it, was the, the the mustache call out. Yes, me too. But, um, I, you know, I'm an egomaniac with low self-esteem <laughs> and I've been working on this damn thing. And so for you to call that out, man, <laughs> you were winning this morning. I'm ready to crush it for you. Yeah. But, uh, no, thank, thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Good, good times. And I, you know, hey, we're laughing a little bit right off the bat. What the hell is being sober and being in recovery if you can't have a good time? I'm like such a um, big advocate for that, having fun on the podcast and just in the day to day. So uh, we're going to do that throughout this convo today. Um, I guess to kick it off, well, I had a question I want to ask you, but first I want to tell you one thing, and I'm, I'm hoping maybe you can just give my mom Darcy a shout out. She's like, like I'm a big fan of Clean Cause, but she's like the ultimate fan. Like she was down here. We're down in Huntington Beach and her and my sister came out for the weekend and uh, she didn't know we were doing this interview or anything, but I noticed she was wearing her clean cause shirt like three, like, like the whole damn time she was here. So I was hoping Wes, maybe you might just be able to give my mom Darcy a little holler and just uh, from the clean cause founder himself, man. Darcy from the clean cause founder himself, <laughs> but also the clean team based in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So thank you for spreading the cause. And I mean, you're part of the team. So you rock Darcy. Good thank stuff. You. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, all right. So Wes, tell us one thing about being sober that some people might disagree with. Uh, the way that I talk about it in the opinion that, you know, um, I'm not that orthodox. Uh, I am not very prescriptive. And so I really have chosen to take more of an open position on, you know, recommendations and referrals and stuff. I even, the way that I, you know, clean, for example, the name, um, you know, language is super important. Um, however, it's also super important to understand how someone means something and what the context is behind it. And so I, you know, um, what, what you were saying, one thing about, were you saying about, uh, rephrase the question because I know I, I or, or say the question again if you would. So, so one thing about being sober um, that that maybe a lot of people might disagree with or see an alternative viewpoint on. Yeah. So again, mine mine revolves around the sensitivity of talking about it. I'm, you know, we talked about you know if you can't have fun in life, if you can't be candid, and and we're talking about the proper balance. But the reality is, is just this is just you know recovery, addiction, and all that. That's just my flavor of affliction in life, I call it. Everybody's got some shit. And um, so to me, it's just um, I people. a lot of people don't agree maybe with kind of um, the more liberal take I have on it in the sense of being more open-minded about what the potential and the possibilities are. And so yeah. um, that's, that's what yeah. I've experienced. No, I, I like that because I think that's why a lot of people listen to this podcast is because we don't have – it's not a one, one way. This is the only way. And if you don't do it like this, you're wrong. Like we're all different human beings. We come from different backgrounds. We have this one thing in common, you know, recovery, sobriety. Um, but there's different ways that work for some people and don't work for others. So I, I understand that. And I love exploring new options and new things. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great call out on your part too. Um, so maybe let's, uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, um, you are in recovery. Um, take us back. I mean, give us a little background about yourself. How, you know, how did it used to be? Uh, how'd you get sober? And then, um, you know, what's it like today? And then of course we'll talk about uh, clean cause a bit more too. Sure. Um, so, uh, as the case with most folks, I, you know, I started experimenting in, um, my early teens probably. Um, and you know that that looked like drinking and smoking and maybe doing a little bit of coke here and there although that was like really scary back then um and then you know some mushrooms wherever the case may be um you know i i didn't play with the heavy drugs uh early on with a high frequency they would be a one-off but 
Um, you know, alcohol was definitely my entrance into um, starting to feel more comfortable uh, as using it as my medication of, of how to um, you know, deal with, you know, my um, anxiety and, and just discomfort of not really knowing how I fit into the to things. And so, um, you know, alcohol, you know, over a 20 year span, um, I'll save all of the little stories that we all can probably relate to in terms of, you know, I've been to six rehabs. I've been to a psych ward. I've rolled a car in Hollywood. I've ended up in Belize barefooted by myself in Tijuana, lived in Alabama. I mean, I've done the geographics. I've done the CrossFit uh, to try to get better. Well, I've done the, you know, meditate. I tried every freaking thing, but I'm not sure I really tried necessarily, um, if that makes sense. But, um, you know, I have all of the, um, my resume is real in terms of the 20 year run. Um, and, and what happened though, over the final, um, I would say four years of my addiction is that I started to, to really, uh, lean in more to the heavier drugs on a greater frequency. Um, what I was using before didn't get the same effect I wanted, um, hence I needed to upgrade, so to speak. Um, and really a downgrade if you think about it, but, um, anyway, it, you know, so it went from, you know, using cocaine more regularly and, you know, a few times a week. And then, um, what really brought me to my knees though, because for some reason I was able to be functional, even on cocaine to where I would have days in between the binges where I'd pull it together, isolate enough from people where they didn't really know what was going on, or at least that was my, my um, thought process, what I thought was going on. Um, but opiates are really what ta- brought me to my knees. Um, you know, I was never a fan necessarily because I don't know if I even tried it or I don't know why I didn't find them earlier. And thank God I didn't, but, um, it started out with like popping a Vicodin or two. And, and then it took me to popping about depending on like 30, 30 plus Vicodin in a day. Um, you know, my mornings would look like over the last two years before I got sober and that, that rapid escalation, Um, relationships deteriorated very quickly. Um, My dependency on it was so much stronger from a physiological standpoint than anything else I'd ever used that that truly took like a serious um, priority in my life. Um, And, um, you know, and the consequences uh, of that addiction, you know, looked like uh, me getting kicked out of my house um, me losing every single relationship in my life that, that I said mattered, even though my, my behaviors and actions weren't aligned with that belief. Um, but, um, and, and actually really using, losing them, not just saying it, these people yeah. made a, 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 a solid unified front to not watch me die or not to participate in anything other than something that looked like I was moving towards recovery. Wow. Um, and then I lost my company. I had a, I had, of all things, I had a cupcake business. Nice. Um, it's, a, it's a wild story, but it was a beautiful ride, even despite a lot of the grief and damage because, you know, it was this crazy whimsical idea. And I've always been a dreamer to, to try to go after things that people say can't be done, but also, um, you know, just, I love creating. So yeah. there was a lot of beauty in it, but, that, that beauty was compromised by my addiction and I lost that. And then the last but not least, I ended up living in a, an old warehouse office with another homeless guy. And, you know, I wasn't there for years or anything like that, but, you know, it was a couple months uh, during the holidays and this idea of me just saying, I can't make it. I'll never forget. And I don't know that I've ever shared this um, on anything. Um, I'll never forget the day, you know, I got kicked out formally but there was a day that I left like the day before knowing I was going to kicked out. And what I did is I went and packed up a backpack and I got a toothbrush 
And I remember going to my front door and saying, I'm gone. I'm, I'm never coming back. Wow. And I walked out my front door. I closed it. It's no longer my home. I jumped in my truck and drove off. And, and that was probably a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And then I just disappeared basically. And so um, that's what, that's where it took me is, um, uh, you know, what it also looked like for me, and I'm pretty candid about this for all the folks out there who have struggled with it. I like them to know they're not alone. Is that, you know, I was highly suicidal and, and it, this was not a, um, an empathy play or self-pity or anything like that. There was legitimate desire to not be on the planet any longer. And, you know, I hung out in a cemetery um, daily for probably nine months, um, wow. popping pills and drinking and smoking crack. And it was um, ironically, it was the only place I felt safe. And um, there was a calmness that, you know, even at that time for me was not morbid. It was just like, I couldn't see anybody. I saw no reason for living, but I didn't have, um, you know, I didn't have the courage, so to speak. And that's a weird word to use to kill myself. And so I I found myself in this middle state between like not wanting to live, but not wanting to die. And, um, you know, higher power, regardless of who you believe in, you know, I essentially prayed you know, more, many occasions in the cemetery of like, Hey God, um, can you just show me a sign that it's okay that you're cool with me to kill myself? Because if you're, if you're cool with that, then I'm going. And, you know, and the threshold for the sign diminished when what I needed to see, I was like, Hey, give me a burning bush. That didn't come. How about some like cloud that looks like, you know, a plus sign or a thumbs up. No, that didn't come. Um, you know, nothing came. Mm. And so I was so frustrated with this like existential angst, which is a word I wouldn't even have known then, but this idea of just being in that state of limbo yeah. and um, man, that was hell on earth. And, and I feel that for folks, but for, I just wanted to, uh, to do a call out on that, that I understand what it's like to be suicidal mm. to the point to where you really can't see outside of it. Um, and, and I empathize with people out there, but yeah. that you can, you can turn around and there, you do have a purpose, uh, regardless of how hopeless it feels, <clears throat> you hold on to any freaking threat, even if it's a single one to yeah. just play another day. That's it. Yeah. So that's a, that's good. I just want to take a, a quick uh, opportunity here just on that note. Um, and thank you for sharing that. Um, it is such a big part of this whole um, journey in recovery. And I know so many people struggle with it. We offer uh, the national suicide prevention lifeline. It's it's in the show notes. The phone number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. Reach out to somebody like you're worth it. You're valuable. You have purpose. Like there's a plan for your life too, if you're struggling or if you know somebody who's struggling. So um, thank you for sharing that, man. It's so important. And uh, it's it's a real thing. And people struggle with it day in and day out. Yeah. And, it, and the truth that that's what drives me crazy is because like we walk around the world and like we see people and we say, how are you? I'm good. You, yeah. you, we open the door for somebody. We ask the cash register and we're checking out. How's it going? We're going good. And it's not going good for everybody. Yep. And the reality is, is we are so much more similar than we would ever want to admit as humans that yep. we're not very unique. And, yeah. and by that, I mean, like, dude, we're in this together and I'm not unique to be thinking about suicide or depression or any of that, especially in this day and age. Oh, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a reason to be thinking about it, and I'm sorry to even say it that way, it's the combination of the shit show we've had in the last 18 months. But anyway, 
I love that you did that. Is it 273-TALK? Yeah, it's uh, 1-800-273-TALK. Yep. Dude, I'm, I'm grateful you said that. I'm going to start using that as well. Okay, yeah. well, cool. Yeah, so, no, that, that's that's good. And I want to jump back into kind of what getting um, getting onto, you know, that that moment and then that, that shift for you. Um, yeah. But one of the things, too, um, you mentioned um, – creative you're you're a creative dude you know you 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 like to create things you find purpose passion in it we we've had a couple of these chats they have came up recently quite a bit i noticed and like for me i kind of underestimated at one point um the importance of the podcast for me like that's my passion like i create i'm a musician too and i kind of transitioned from not not making it in the music business but somehow i found this like podcasting deal and it just it it, it's passionate behind it, you know, and it's, it's helped to keep me sober in the long run. I, I try to, um, spread that to other people, like find something you're passionate about doing because that fire, that fuel will help in the process to stay sober, but also to help serve other people too. I just was wondering if maybe you could have a little take on that. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, my journey similar to yours in that, Look, you're not you're not on a um, stage right now or sending out a YouTube video of your music, but this is your music, man. Oh, and man. in the same way that I feel that, like you know, I didn't become a drug addict and lose everything and hurt tons of people and all that by design to find my yeah. greatest dream come true. I was always an entrepreneur. I, I say I tell people that um, I didn't choose entrepreneurship; it chose me. Yeah. And you know, I'll say creative at times. But it really comes down to a passionate desire to not accept what is or the adventure to explore what, you know, what could be. And so um, to me, it's like it's not that I don't want to play with society and all of those things. It's that I have a passion for something inside me that just like you do that, you know, find that as your your base, your foundation and that or the common denominator, if you will, the numerator may change. And, and I think that like for me, and by that, I mean, hey, I wish I would have gone sober and started, you know, <laughs> Amazon.com and I'd be a billionaire flying yeah. into outer space too, you know, <laughs> on it's a big, like, on a big dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, that thing looked like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know. I've seen it. At least you said it. I'm trying to stay PC. I know, but, man. I can't. Well, hey, good, good. You just said what we yeah. were thinking. That's yeah. the problem with society. We need yeah. more people like you to say it. Um, but um, to your point, uh, the passion and desire to be in business and to create married with um, purpose yeah. and, 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 and product and stuff was why this um, equation really works for me. Because the bottom line something that was always fixed and something I'm hearing from you is, Hey, do not compromise your passion. Yeah, it may yeah, not yeah. manifest in exactly the way that you envision today, but if passion is there, it, you'll persevere. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, so yeah, I hear that completely dude. Yeah. And it's not like, we're not saying go start a cupcake business or go start a, um, you know, a Urban Mate drink business or start a podcast or do it. I don't know, but find something and a little, little tip right here for, um, one of the things I, I love is looking back to what I used to love to do as a kid, because it brings that childlike aspect out and we can find, we, man, we get all old and moldy and shit as adults and dudes. We're like, we got this, I got bills to pay and kid, I got to be a dad now. And then we just like, forget like all the things that we love to do. And you don't have to live like that, man. It's you, you have a choice. You can choose to go a different route. 
I think you're dead on. You know, it's funny you say that because I had a cupcake business. You know, the reason I launched that cupcake business is I was in New York and I saw people walking out of a cupcake place. I knew the economics of a $3 cupcake and it costs like 25 cents. I knew all of that. What I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt when I left New York City that day is I was launching a cupcake business. And I'll tell you (laughs) why it was. It had nothing to do with economics. It had to do with the looks on the people's face as they walked out. And I knew that that was nostalgia. That was classic. That was that time in life that we tapped into. That was our instinctual fulfillment and contentment that you can't design because it comes from within. Mm. And, And what you're saying is, so my tagline, even amidst all of my addiction with the cupcake business, and the irony of selling a cupcake, especially even to men, yeah. you know, without them thinking they were homosexual or something. It's like, dude, yeah. it's just a damn good cupcake. Yeah, it's cupcake. Dude, you know? Was um, never stop vanilla dreaming. Mm. And so I never knew exactly what it meant because I, cool. but I knew that that's what I was designed. I, I was like, God, where is it? Where is it out there? That thing that I want. But to your point, I think that's, that's a really cool insight that I haven't thought of. This idea of saying, look, instead of trying to create what you're passionate about, look back and remember what you yeah. naturally found joy in. Maybe extract the components of that and try to coalesce them into something that could be purpose and yeah. profit you know, in your life, yeah. regardless of how that manifests. I like that, dude. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's it, and and anybody can do it, man. And it's fun. Make it fun. Make a little list. You know, I'm just trying to give some applicable takeaways here a little bit. But yeah. when you were saying that too, bro, it was so amazing. Like for like two seconds, I had this quick flashback of like third grade. And remember when the kid would bring in, it was his birthday and he would bring in the cupcakes, dude. And you got so fucking excited. Yes. So excited. Man, dude, you brought me back to that for just like a split second. That was really cool. That's like a revolutionary change in that day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's cupcakes and we got kickball after lunch. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, you're throwing the kickball in there? Woo! Damn. All right. Yes. yes. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff, man. That's great. Yeah. Um, so where, where does it go from there for you? Like you kind of have that moment, you hop in your truck and you just bounce. Like what happens after that? So, you know, in the midst of, you know, living in a warehouse, all contact has been um, cut off, hanging out in the cemetery, um, you know, starting to realize that, you know, the funds, you know, I had a little bit of money left still, but it was dwindling. And, and I knew that like that heroin was my next stop um, because of just the affordability, relatively speaking, the availability, all of that stuff. I knew that I was aware enough, even popping 30 Vicodin to know like, Oh shit, I'm going to cross. I'm going to have to cross over. And, um, and, you know, literally I didn't want to do that, man. And I was like, I'd rather die almost, you know, cause I have some best friends and one in particular that is, he's gone man. he's, he's not dead, but I can't get him back. And it just kills me. And he told me one thing like seven years ago, he goes, Wes, I love you. He goes, never put a needle in your arm. He goes, don't do it, man. Just don't do it that one time, Wes, please tell me you want. And I was like, so I always remembered that through the years. Yeah. Um, 
And, but then I was like, damn, I don't want to live. So bottom line is, uh, you know, how it manifested in a single moment was, and I've told this story a lot, but I was laying there on the ground in the warehouse office. I had taken a ton of Vicodin, um, I smoked crack. And my thing is I didn't really love crack or anything like that. I, I, you know, it's like when you don't have anything else and you want to feel something else, you just take whatever's around. And so, you know, and, oh, and it didn't help that my roommate was a crackhead. But uh, anyway, hey, <laughs> hey, Frank, if you're watching this, I love you still. Um, Sorry, you know, <laughs> anyway, he knows me and he's yeah. still out there, but we're still boys. Yeah, you know? sure. It is what it is. But um, so I'm sitting there and my heart was doing some crazy stuff that I'd never had happen. Wow. And, and like, I'm a guy who is super afraid of the world and completely not afraid of drugs or death. Like, and I am, you know, that's that kind of that dichotomy of who we think we are and then what happens. But I never really thought about this idea of that I could actually die. Everybody talks yeah. about it. They say it, you see the stats. And I was sitting there in that moment, I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to die. And, and I didn't mean right then. I remember I'm saying, no, I'm fully aware now that I can die and that forever I will be taken off of this planet. And there was some type of realization at a different level where I called my, uh, my ex-wife now and I said, hey, I think I'm going to die. And she hadn't answered the phone before. She wouldn't anymore. All of that. She answered the phone and, and she goes, um, if you want to get sober, come home right now. I mean, it was the weirdest yeah. thing for this like point blank offer in the midst of all of this healthy, uh, you know, you know, tough love, uni yeah. unif unified front. And it was such a weird one where I was like thrown off, you know, because I always like to hear something like to keep perpetuating my use or to rationalize to continue to use someone saying, no, you can't do it. And I'm like, well, screw them. Screw them. See, they won't even help me. Give yeah. me another pill. Like yeah. that bullshit, you yeah. know, but, um, you know, she said, come home. And I looked over and this is just a cool moment for me. I looked over at my buddy. I called him Uncle Frank. He was this really big black guy. He still is huge black guy, <laughs> yeah. bald head. We come from completely opposite worlds, like completely. But we were unified in, in our addiction, yeah. but also our friendship. And then that's what we had in common. But, um, you know, she said, come home right now. I looked at him, Uncle Frank, and I said, dude, she's telling me to come home if I want to get sober. And he goes, go. And I couldn't believe it because I was funding both of our habits. So we even had that moment of um, whatever it was, grace, compassion, love, whatever it is, even within the capacity of our addiction to say go. Wow. And, and that day I went home. I went home right then. Um, the crazy part about that, and I know all of us can relate that's, that struggled with this, I'm not unique, was that when she said that, my, my instinctual response in my brain was no. Yeah. It, was it was tomorrow because I had a handful of pills still my heart palpitation, but I'm still like, Hey, I'm going to die, but I have these pills eh, tomorrow. And we mm. really believe ourselves. We oh, think yeah. they're going to go. It's insane. So um, when he said go though, in that moment, it meant something different for me because of our relationship and where we were and his dependence on me that he would acknowledge that, man, it's time to go. So that I went home and that was the first day of the journey, man. I, uh, I can't help but think about, how many people have been in that same situation? Cause like you said, we're not unique to this shit. Like we're all, and I think that's one thing I love about the recovery community, especially with all the divisiveness and division that goes on today is we come from all different backgrounds, just like you and Frank, but we, but we have this thing in common that we understand each other. And unfortunately it's drugs and alcohol, but there's some, there's some connection there that helps bring people together. But what I was going to say is I, I, I can't, 
help but think about how many people were in that same situation saying, not tomorrow, not tomorrow. And then they didn't go. And then tomorrow they died. Like, and I don't mean to put it on a morbid fucking weird tip right now, but I think that's the reality of what we face and what we see day in and day out. And some of us, you know, um, which we're very grateful made it through and some of us didn't, you know, so I'm glad you made it through number one. Um, but that's a powerful, powerful moment that, uh, you decided to act upon and had support from, from friend. That's crazy too. You're funding his habit. And he still said, go, you know, he knew that, that's the most powerful moment. One of the most powerful moments in my life. Um, because it was just, it was so natural for him. And, yeah. you know, people, people will always say like, that's my boy, that's my boy and drugs. You're like, yeah, yeah. take the drugs out. He ain't your boy, you know, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. he demonstrated that we were boys, you know, yeah. and that he gave a shit because I pulled all of his money and I was gone wow. and he was alone. And I'm like, what, you know, the selflessness in that moment, I'll honor his life, you know, for the rest of mine. But um, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so- really, really grateful for, for that, um, him showing that love. So if we, if we kind of fast forward to, uh, to today or that journey of recovery, like what, you know, what does it look like today? Obviously, you know, you have, um, clean cause business. We'll talk a little bit about that, but what, just from a recovery tip, you know, what has life been like today? Just being sober. Let me ask this question too. Do you still have fun, Wes? Cause that's the, I get those emails. Oh, how the hell am I going to have fun? It's like, man, I fucking party. I just do it sober. <laughs> have fun. You yeah. know, How, how's you life know, today? I do have fun, man. That's, but I don't, I don't play by everyone else's fun rules. Yeah. And by that, I mean, it's not to be rebellious or anything. It's just that like, I, if, if something's not illegal or going to hurt someone, I act out. And, and, and so if there's somebody across the street and I'll just say, what's up, man, what are you doing today? No, like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like I like conversations like that yeah. and I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm not afraid to interact on this level to discover outside of the norm. I'm not looking for a mediocre life. None of us are. Mm-hmm. We wanted the highs, man. Can you have the highs in life? Yes, you can. Are you going to be high on life all the time? No, you're not. But that's what makes the highs feel high Mm. because you know what low feels like. It's the contrast. And somebody can say it's happy or shit, or we can say, no, it's just kind of logic. So I don't want to trade my life for the highs and lows ever. Um, I don't want to hurt people. And I don't want it to manifest in like full out relapse or death. But like, I don't mind the reality of an up and down life that, that I prefer. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing you said about um, addicts and, and, you know, I say addicts or alcoholics, or whatever drugs and alcohol in common, you know, man, I- anybody who's not an addict and they hear this thinks it's like a shit, just me spinning shit up, you know, making chicken salad out of chicken shit, you know, <laughs> as my dad says, I love it. But you know, like, people in recovery or just people um, struggling. Like there's some of the most compassionate people I've ever met, met in my life. They're, they're almost always some of the most sensitive people I've ever met. And, and I, and I interpret that as emotional intelligence, which I value greater than um, IQ. Um, And, and so like, dude, like I'm grateful, like beyond belief, be aside from just the redemption story and all this crap that I can use for my own personal gain. Obviously I'm saying, no, I love people in recovery and the way they think. 
I love the addict I just talked to who's still active, you know, at the C store and be able to say, dude, I feel you. I know. I don't want you to get rested today. So go home and hopefully you'll figure this out tomorrow. But today go home because you're in the middle of the street just talking to no one and you don't know that. I do and I get it. So it's okay. But like, I find joy in that, man. And so um, anyway, I just want to say like, to me, it's, it's a badge of honor. Yeah. I don't mind. I'm like, dude, we won the lottery to be able <laughs> to connect with people. What, how else do we win the lottery? Guess what? Had our lives been linear and we went to college right after we graduated and then we got our four-year college and then we went and did our job and we started to work our way up the ladder and we went on our vacation to Disneyland. Like, dude, I'm not knocking that life for everyone else who's satisfied with that. But this enables us to squeeze out all we can of real life because we've been forced to look at it twice, three, four times. And to me, that's the blessing. Yeah. It's huge. Huge. It's good, man. That's living to me. That's living. It's living. It is. It's It's active living. Yep. It's like, I'm not just showing up to get my 401k. So I die in a hospice bed at 85. Yeah. Screw that. <laughs> I'm not interested. I always you know? say I refuse to be a tax asset. I will not. <laughs> I want to live my own destiny out. And yeah. I, I get a choice to, to do that. Is it perfect? Hell no. But man, at least I feel alive in the process, you know? <laughs> Hell That's yeah. Good. You know, it's like people will tell me like, you know, my sobriety hasn't been perfect, but my recovery has. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I'm not saying I went and did pills and all that. I'm talking about the journey that it's, mm-hmm. it looks a little shitty, but it doesn't because it looks perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, and, and just to speak out of, I'm going to get on a soapbox for half a second. My problem with a lot of what I would consider orthodox or legacy thinking is the absence of uh, grace, mm. um, not grace and a license to use drugs or provision for that down the road, but grace that when people fall, fuck the fall. It's about to bounce back because we're all going to fall. All of us will fall in life. And I'm not talking about just drugs. Everybody says, Hey, this is life. It's not about me running from alcohol and drugs. My life will not be that it will be running towards something greater. That's that's all it is. And so um, anyway, I just, I want to say that word grace. Grace is applicable to all, not people in recovery. Mm-hmm. It's the asshole that cut me off and going, I don't know what's going on with his life in that yeah. day. But for me, one of the greatest things we could do as a recovery community, first and foremost, is that when people fall, we surround them quickly. That's and good. you shed the freaking shame because even within the Orthodox community, I've seen too much of that. And it results in um, a perpetuation of the, you know, of addiction, man. Yeah. And people are afraid. It's like, dude, just show up real, be a real human being, knowing that addiction's my problem, but you eat too much ice cream and you jerk off too much <laughs> and you do this. I mean, they yeah. do. Yeah. They do. But guess what? They don't wreck cars or say really shitty things to other people. So while the internal yeah. condition is more often aligned with ours, our outward manifestation and consequences are so much more visible that we're pointed at. We're just like everyone else. We really are. We just chose a different way to cope with life. That's it. We don't have an addiction problem. We have a living one. Mm, All of us. That's it. You know? 
Good shit, man. And I, I love uh, not only a living problem, but a lot of us, or I'll speak for myself, a feeling problem too. Like I never wanted to feel shit. That was why I numbed out for such a long time, I think, because I couldn't wrap my brain around. And I still struggle with that. Believe it or not. You know what I mean? I'm holy shit. You know, it's like, oh, I still, yeah, it's like, I mean, look, I mean, I'll tell everyone right now, like I have my product clean cause it, look, I'm not going to bullshit you that like, is it cool to have like a warehouse full of energy drinks that I can have anytime <laughs> I want and where like getting high on your own supply is in quotes. Okay. Like, <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah. And so when I don't want to feel, I don't go get a, you know, a gator tail, big ass line of Coke. Mm-hmm. I drink four of these and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn it, dude. It's I'm doing the same mm-hmm. thing. They have different consequences externally, but my internal condition, I'm treating things the same yeah, way. And so, change. yeah, I totally can relate to it. No, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's never going to be, period. I think, and that, that's such a great point for everybody, all of us, Wes, me, everyone listening. It's never going to be perfect. You're never going to get, well, let me speak for myself. I'm never going to get and put the fucking flag on the top of the mountain and go, yeah, you know, maybe if I do an awesome hike one day, I mean, I like hiking. Maybe I'll like literally do it, but it's ne- like, it's process. I always remember that Keith from Celebrate Recovery say, I'm in process. I'm in process. It's a daily, daily thing, man. And I love it. I'm just trying to enjoy it. Like as I go, like back to you're saying, like I'm truly grateful for every day because I know what could have been. I know what I saw some of my friends do. I know what I've seen my own father do still out on the street, you know, like I pray for him every day, but I've had homies who died, homies who are still out there active in it. And I've been blessed enough to not be right now. And I just, I love that every single day. And I love your energy too, bro, because like this shit is contagious to people out there. They need to hear it. They need to feel it. And it helps us all. It doesn't help just you. It doesn't help just me. It helps the person listening and all of us together, which is freaking oh, awesome. Yeah. We, we need to put some emotion about it. Yeah. Behind it. We need to put some passion and some authenticity behind it in the terms of what I'm saying. I really believe. And people can feel that in the tone. They can feel it. They yeah. can see it and all that. And I'm like, Dude, I've cared too much about what people think. And yeah. I don't mean that as a middle finger. Like, I, I, I want to be careful when I say those certain things because I'm not like, well, fuck you, I'm jaded. Yeah, I'm jaded yeah. about certain things. But that's not the purpose of why I say it. I'm saying, hold on. I spent five years looking for affirmation externally, even within my sobriety, through likes, Facebook posts, angles of, of jaw lines on the left with the right light. <laughs> with my kids that are the most fucking beautiful two boys the world has seen, which is true. But, um, you know, it's like, but dude, and I, I only recently going through a divorce and stuff, which, which I'm pretty candid. It's like, you know, I, I wasn't able to see, man, I wasn't able to see that damn dude, even within this space of my intentions, wanting to be going the right way. I struggled within my own heart and within underneath my own roof. Because I think, you know, the greatest challenge for us when we get into recovery, or I'll speak for myself, is not what I do outside of the doors. It's what I do inside here, this door, and what's going on to the relationships that are in the closest circle. If you can't honor and repair or whatever that means within that first circle, concentric circles, why are we going outside? And for me, I've had to look back and go, damn it, dude. You are not the sober prophet. You never were. 
In fact, you're not even a subject matter expert, you jerky. Um, <laughs> you, you've had a lot of experience. I've been blessed to hear from a lot of people across the country who felt a license to share with me vulnerable stuff because I had. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, sorry, that was kind of a tangent. No, it's great, man. It's good. It's good. It's all good, man. It's all, all these these discussions, conversations, just shooting the shit. Like that's what it's about to me. That's my favorite thing. I I feel like the. I think that's probably why I love podcasting so much. Uh, which I, you know, I do it for a living. It's amazing. It's fun. I love my job. Um, I do it, uh, you know, like often, you know, it's great, but the art of the conversation, it seems like it's like to your point earlier, when you just see a dude, Hey, what's up? How are you? No, really? How are you? Like, let's talk a little bit. But what I'm learning too is like, yeah, I talk for a living, but let me listen. Let me be a better listener because people need to hear, you know, or people need to feel like somebody cares sometimes too. So that's like the art of, of all of this together. And I really enjoy having these types of convos, man. They're great. Yeah, for sure. And one of my buddies, he drives me crazy. He, he says, Wes, you need to be in, learn how to be an active listener. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. shit, you know, because dude, like I said, I am an egomaniac with low self-esteem. I think I have yeah. bright ideas. I can, I, you, I can tell you can tell me as the person who's the professional something and I can tell you why you're wrong. And, it, and it's like, and he's like, yeah. dude, it's not about even the accuracy or lack thereof of your feedback or comments or anything. It's being in a relationship where someone knows that they're being heard. And, and it's the way that I show up, the way I display it, the way I don't patronize them by saying, yeah, of course, of course, tell me more. And like, you know, and, and it kind of hurt my feelings when he said that. Cause I'm like, fuck you, you know, like, why don't you listen to logic? Why don't you listen to the Niagara Falls of logic that's coming out of my mouth daily and you might get your shit together. That's my first reaction. And yeah. the next one, like, damn, he's right. You know, and it's like, so I... You know, what's cool is for people like us that are typically out there first and we're, we're hosting and we're leading yeah. conversations that there's a whole frontier for me, I'll at least say of this listening side oh, of me going, wait, what if I only listened to what they were saying before my next comment? I couldn't even have the thought <laughs> until I understood what they were yeah. saying because my response needed to be dependent upon what they were saying. That's active listening. It is. And it's really hard. It's, it's especially hard in conversations like this too, when you're doing uh, a podcast per se, but it's, Uh, it's there, it's possible, you know? Um, Man, I was going to tell shit. I just totally forgot what the hell I was going to say. No, it's cool. I do that all the time. What I was going to say to you is um, just that I kind of wanted to segue into how, um, you know, the end, the beginning of my journey um, kind of morphed into this clean and what was. Yeah, what that's is. awesome. Let's do it. So if you remember what you're going to say, just come back on me and we'll interject, yeah. but it's fine. Um, I was going to say, you're like, Wes, I'm running the show, not you. See what <laughs> I did there? You're awesome. Dude, I just did there. Um, <laughs> no, so when, when I first, so I got sober and I'm sitting there and I'm like, shit, you know, you go through all of these things, your neuro pathways and transmitters are getting figured out. You're kicking the opiates off your receptors, like all kinds of shit that we know, like you're all over the place, man. Yeah. You're not sleeping. So I was in this, this transitional period of like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? What do I even have to offer? You know, um, I was high and, and drinking the entire time when I launched this cupcake business. I mean, who wants to, you know, invest in a cupcake business? It's not a great idea yeah. as a business plan to sell one product, or at least people weren't excited about it. And so um, I was like, dude, how much was real that I did? And how much was just, you know, liquid courage, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so 
I was there for a while of like, dude, I have nothing to offer the world. And in a, in a single day, man, something happened and a spark came. And, and that was the beginning. That day was the beginning of clean cause. Um, and it just started to roll, dude. And it rolled organically. And I just kept running down there because I saw hope and it, and I saw it aligned with my passion based on what you said, I'm saying aligned with my passion, Yeah. but now I'm understanding that's what that was. Huh. I saw something that I knew that also could give me purpose. So our yeah. brand started on mission. 50% of the profits go to support individuals in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. The reason I did that was that it did not matter what was came after that. That was the foundation that was aligned with purpose and something I was passionate about and had lived. So I can be passionate and empathetic and, and really enthusiastic about it. Anything thereafter was going to be aligned as long as I started with the mission first. And so um, that's how it that's how it began. And, and man, when I had that spark of life and passion, I ran, dude. What and I ran? What was the spark? If you don't mind sharing, like was there? No, something no. Particular? Literally, a spark was in me. I was sitting there, and I was like, I don't even have anything creative. I have nothing to offer the world. Yeah. I couldn't even talk to people because so so much anxiety and everything. Like, there's no way I could have done this. No way. And people yeah. think I'm so open and I, I, I'm not, dude. I'm like, I'm scared, dude. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I was sitting there and I literally was like, dude, I'm going to do nothing. And all of a sudden I said, what if I use my story for good, man? Mm. And I go, I was like, damn. And I was like, and somehow 50% popped in my head. I go, I'm going to do something radical. I don't even know why. Yeah. And I go, I'm going to give half the fucking profits away of something. I'm going to figure out something to sell. Yeah. And then I go, and it's going to be to help the people that I know because it's a story I know. Yeah, that's good. So, and so that's where it started. And, and that was the spark that then I just started putting a little gasoline on. I was like, okay, hold on, dude. What's mm. this? And I started calling people. And I was like, dude, I have this vision to help people in recovery. And we all have those bright ideas yeah. right out of the gates. And it doesn't mean they're not valid. It's just a lot of people don't recommend we do a lot, right? When yeah. We're getting sober. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. We're like, we're trying to get yeah. married. Like <laughs> our entire life in like 60 days. We're like, I'm good. Uh, I got it. I got it. 20 years of burning <laughs> fucking the world down and I'm good in 60 days. Yeah. 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 But um, then that's where it started, man. And then the rest was just iterative. And it just started to be built. It's just like we clean's been like recovery. Yeah, you know, it's awesome. Clean, clean launched, and then it's learned along the way. It's had different sponsors, so to speak, along the way. Yeah, it's picked things up. It's screwed up. It's gotten back up, and and that was and that's it, man. And what so, year did it launch? Um, we launched about I think a little over six years ago. Okay. But the context behind that it was it was a bottled water brand. Oh, when I really? Launched, and when I launched, I, and, you know, I didn't really know anything about beverage business. I didn't have, you know, so basically I was like, dude, what product can I get? I'm like, clean is like, cool. You want to drink clean water versus dirty water. That's good. Okay. Yeah. So it was a great yeah. CPG product. And then I knew a guy who had a bottled water company and I called him up. And I said, dude, would you bottle some water for me if I gave you a label and blah, blah, blah. And, and I did. And then I had 40 cases of water in my garage and I started hustling it out of the back of my truck and just going door to door. Really? Um, and we started to build it. We, we started it door to door with water. And today we distribute to 1,000 locations ourselves in Austin, Texas. Damn. And, um, and half our people are in recovery, which is fucking awesome and fun. Like, like I could probably get in trouble for this. Like, I discriminate, dude. I do. <laughs> I, I, I like yeah. to hire people who have fucked their lives up. It's awesome. <laughs> that's like, amazing. That's, that's how you get qualified with me. I'm like, how many felonies? I'm like, cool. Yeah. You're not 
money for the first year, but I love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, shit, that's amazing, dude. You guys have <laughs> over 40 employees, right? I saw. I four- think we're up to 50 now, and um, you know they're spread across the U.S. A lot of them, about yeah. half of them are you know sales driven in other regions of the U.S., and then the half are the mothership is here in Austin. Nice, nice. That's that's just insane, bro. And so you just you kind. Of, it sounds like you did a lot of what we do in recovery. We do the next right thing. We put one foot in front of the other. You had an idea. And like you said, you kind of, you ran with it. You believed in it. You were passionate about it. I'm sure it helped you to stay sober. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier with the podcast. For me, it helped me to like, we're all looking for purpose. Like I can't count how many times I've sat in bed high or not high from back in the day and even sober now and just go, God, what's my purpose? Like, what am I, like, what am I here for? Why the hell this is, I'm on this big round object spinning in the middle of nowhere. And like, why the hell are we here? You know, it's just crazy thoughts. And when we find something to be passionate about and find some purpose for, Man, it's very, very powerful, man. You just you did that. You just did the next right thing. I I think it's awesome. You're going door to door, like slinging water. That's that's amazing, bro. But dude, you nailed you nailed it in my mind. It's really that simple. Purpose. Yeah. Find and and here's the thing. You can find purpose wherever you are. My dad. Um, I grew up in a really fundamentalist Christian home where there was always these Bible verses and blah, blah, blah. This is a whole deal. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate and I'm not going to speak to that or whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. But one thing my dad had always said to me, because I always would see, you know, you always would, if you went to church or you heard about people, missionaries, you know, they they go to all these faraway places with all this stuff where nobody has anything. And my dad always used to say, Wes, you can be a light wherever you are. Mm. And the whole idea was like, you don't have to go to Africa to be a missionary, to find purpose. It's right here. Yeah. And it's right there across the street. And the man that I'm going to, it's the drink that I'm going to go purchase later today. It's my, my ex-wife and the way that I can show up and be a better dude, even if I'm hurt or feeling guilty or shame for the life and the shit I brought to stuff, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, good. it's right here. You are it. So anybody, you don't need to launch clean. You don't need to launch that sober guy. Hey, if that's part of the plan and it manifests that way, bad ass, oh, yeah. but your value and your opportunity to live life is equal to anyone else's, including Bezos, who's in space, because we all have the same freaking minute. Mm. So the question is, how will we spend it? Will it have purpose? And, and for me, and it sounds like for you, we have in common that purpose is what gives us fulfillment. It is the North Star. It is our you know yeah. compass. It is the, the thing that gives you meaning to keep going. Oh, yeah. Damn. You know, Damn. so I feel that, you know. Yeah, that's good. It's freaking awesome man i love this dude probably one of my favorite combos i'm not just saying that good stuff dude thank you so much for coming on today yeah, spending some time on here. Let, let me speak to one of the little yeah things. please so the product like investors get mad when i don't talk about the product i'm like i don't care okay? i'm not trying to hawk it look to me if you come for the cause come back for the quality mm. if you don't like us but you like our cause cool you know if you don't like the product you know drink red bull we don't care you know cheers to the cause you know and, and the whole idea is that you know um, you know, I just wanted to speak to what our give back initiative it is. Um, two things. One, um, it's 50% of our profits go to support people in recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. That is our foundational brand commitment and what we deliver on. How that manifests is in sober living scholarships. Um, and the design behind that was meant to be very practical in line with kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. When we looked at the continuum of care, not even that greatly. I'm not some like 
expert to know where everything happened. I'm just saying, I just looked at it practically and I'm like, when I got out of jail or when I got out of rehab or when I got off the streets, where the hell do you go to keep that newfound momentum and, and inspiration yeah. that you know we all feel in a moment? You're like, damn, dude. And 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 really, it's just like give them an opportunity in a safe and supportive environment to focus on establishing a recovery routine and getting a job. And yeah. so it's meant to be that practical. So again, just to say that, like when you buy clean cause, you're really helping someone empower them um, to get onto a bridge between yeah. rehab and reintegration. And so um, one other cool thing about our brand and in, in, in terms of empowering the consumer and letting them know that the impact is relevant to them is not only the fact that we all know people struggling with addiction and we see all the overdose rates going, we all know it's a societal nightmare and it's highly systemic and how it affects everything. Um, But that when you purchase clean at a store in your region, we give where you swig. So you are actually giving back to your local community. We do not take all that money and take it back to Austin, Texas. We don't. We we sell more here, so we give more here. But, you know, the aspiration is we do this across it, coast to coast. And we know that you're, we're a national brand with a local give back and your freaking purchase is real. It happens. And it's happening to someone you may see. That's awesome, man. So when you buy, like I'm in Huntington Beach, I, I just saw some cleans down at one of the um, coffee shops around here. Um you buy here, that money goes back in the Huntington Beach, Orange County area, right? That's what you're saying. It's not it's that's, not getting pushed back, which is cool. I didn't know that, man. That's huge. That's, that's correct. And what that allows us to do is even, you know, you like this idea of being part of the solution. You're like, uh, okay, everybody says that. You're like, what does that mean? Well, the way that I look at it is like this value chain of humans. And it's, you know, we're going to pull a can, you know, eventually I want to give back to the fields in Yerba Mate in South America. Mm. I would love to give them sober living scholarships. Yeah. You're talking about from molecule to mission. We just, we're aligned on this idea of like the distributor has someone struggling. We've given distributor, some of our distributors, employees scholarships because it's just relevant, man. And so yeah. you're talking, we're going to pull it from the field. There's people in Argentina right now that are struggling with addiction. And then it goes to that front shelf and somebody grabs it. Boom, boom. Every single person in between is affected by addiction somewhere. And that they can know that without each of those hands touching it and the people being a part of that and it getting to the end shelf, but the consumer being that last person to vote with their wallet um, is, is everything. And so every single person along this chain is so valued because the cause is so relevant and that can empower and really amplify um, the mission as long as, as long as the credibility of the transparency of our give back is always maintained. It is, it's, it's the Hippocratic oath, do no harm. And that means me moving away from it. So it can be its own thing. So it it exists way beyond me and it's not a personality as principled. And, and so um, that's kind of, that's kind of how I've envisioned things and how I've seen this start to fall, you know, roll out and man, we've got some big, big stuff cooking for um, later in the year, like a a massive announcement that I can't even believe is happening. Really? Oh, that's exciting, man. I I wish I could say it here right now, but it's not (laughs) inked. It's not inked. Otherwise I would, man. Maybe we'll Um, have you, maybe we'll have you back on later on or something and, uh, and yeah, that'd be cool. And then then when we stop recording, maybe I'll tell you. That sounds amazing. I won't tell anybody. I promise. Um, All right. 
Um, well, good, good stuff, man. Um, let's, uh, I want to be respectful of time. We're almost at an hour. So let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Those are called clean kickstarts, by the way, right? The clean kickstarts. I just want to yeah, get, yeah. cause I, I love the verbiage on that too. Um, well, if, uh, we're going we're gonna to give you the promo code in just a minute. I just want to ask Wes one, one thing for somebody struggling out there, man, you, you've said a lot of good stuff, a lot of valuable stuff that, um, I think can serve and help a lot of people. But if there's someone right now, who's just like, man, I don't know what to do. Like what, what would you tell them, man? Man, one thing I'd say is you matter. Mm. I would say that 100%. And then um, I would also say that, you know, if there's if there's a way that we can be helpful, um, we don't know the total solution, reach out to hello at cleancause.com and we'll try to point you in the right direction. Um, and then, you know, look, everyone who's listening to this has a freaking purpose. It yeah, doesn't matter if good. you believe that or not. You do. You do. And so what I want to encourage people to do is in those darkest of days, or if you're there, man, here's the deal. Find one thread of hope. Don't look for the entire solution because you don't need it. One thread to stay alive. Keep yeah. your heart beating to stay in the game. And then when someone says, reach out, take the freaking risk yeah. because there's not much in it. Because the only thing that can happen is that you can find more life. So when we talk about suicide and reaching out, the last thing people want to do is call. I get that. But take the risk to call because you may find your life, man. And I believe that with all my heart. And so if you're out there, do it. Trust me and do it because people give a shit about you. And, you know, as, as we both know, man, you can look back and go, oh, God, I could have done X, Y, and I never would have been here. I wouldn't have been picking up my two beautiful boys. I get to go having God for some reason thought it was a good idea to give me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a badass dad, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know you. what I mean? Yeah. But, um, anyway, yeah. and, and, and you can find us on, you know, Amazon's the easiest place or cleancause.com. Follow us on social media. If you're not into energy drinks or you just don't really want to, dude, just shoot us some good vibes. Or if you see us out there, tell somebody about it. We're just trying to spread this thing yeah. and create some serious impact that can make other business owners change the way they think and hopefully act. So Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, you can follow at cleancause, uh, cleancause.com. Um, two, I just want to say, and um, this is uh, like, I've, drank plenty of clean cause and they're freaking good. Like I've had other energy drinks. People send me stuff and they don't, they're, I'm not going to name who they are, but they just don't taste very good. These taste great. I promise. So here's what, uh, the team over at clean cause did. Uh, they're going to give all TSG listeners 30% off through August and September, which is freaking amazing. So if you go to cleancause.com, and then at, at the checkout, enter the promo code that sober guy. Uh, that's cleancause.com. Enter the promo code that sober guy. You get 30% off your order there. And uh, man, try it out, guys. Help support it. It's a great cause, obviously. And you get a great drink in the process uh, and get to help support just a, a great mission. And uh, Wes, thank you so much again, man, for coming on today. It's been really great to chat with you, get to know you a little bit, man. It was a lot of fun. Well, man, thanks for having me. And dude, I just love to hear that, you know, you have found your passion and your purpose, dude, because that inspires me and, and lets me know that like, dude, that's a real thing. Yeah. And the more dudes or women like us that can continue to try to realize that and to spread that to others, to encourage them and empower them to find that purpose and then find something where that is the DNA or common denominator of the action. 
your life will get better and there will be more contentment and fulfillment. And at the end of the day, I think that's what we want. We just want to feel whole, safe, and, you know, valued. And so um, I'm grateful for you, man, and helping spread the cause. And so um, have a rocking day. Yeah, Wes, thanks, man. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, We'll chat. If you just got one more minute, just hang tight one sec. Um, I hope something spoke to you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Share the podcast with a friend. You can check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Connect with us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. Once again, it's cleancause.com. You can follow them at cleancause. Love you guys. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean. Yeah, I have to haul ass, but I'm